What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. This week's guest is Dimitri Fantini. I'm actually not sure how I first found out about Dimitri, but he was my online instructor for quite some time, and I'm just a huge fan of his drumming. He's garnered quite the collection of followers on Instagram due to his consistent posting of super awesome rad videos. They look great, sound great, and are very inspiring. Also check out his growing YouTube page and his book, The Total Drummer, A Guide to Developing Your Style, Feel, Touch, Groove, and More, was published by Hal Leonard in 2022 and continues to receive high accolades. I've also included a link to his free course, Technique Fundamentals, in the show notes. So sit back and enjoy this short but fruitful chat with my buddy, Dimitri Fantini, about the five records that shaped who he is as a drummer today. Cheers. Let's just hop right into it. Um, let's skip all the fluff. Just go to number one, man, because you've already been the podcast before. We've already talked about a lot of your history. So please, if people want to go down, I believe it was the top five myths that teachers tell students and you are a teacher yourself. Definitely a credible source on what uh, is being taught that's incorrect out there. So please go check out that. But let's just hop into your number one. The album is Fragile. The release year is 1971. The artist is the first time this has ever been talked about in this podcast. The artist is Yes. You're kidding me, right? I am not kidding you. Yes. Bill has been talked about, but not as Yes or within the context of Yeah, I know. So I'm excited. Um, And the song is The Heart or Heart of the Sunrise. And the drummer is Bill Bruford. So... Let's just have you take it away. Where were you when, they, when you found this, all this jazz, and then we'll listen to maybe about a minute of it. But take it away, Dimitri. Okay, well, man, first of all, I'm just blown away that no one's mentioned yes before on the podcast. But for me, this definitely um, gets me excited just to think about, think back to, because I've been, so for me, I've been playing since before I can remember. And, uh, but I kind of like lost playing for a few years. I just wasn't really thinking about it. My drum set was in my grandma's basement and it was scary. So I didn't want to go down there. And then <laughs> maybe around the age of 10 or something, I was, I wanted to pick the drums back up and I, and, and get into it. And I had been listening to a lot of yes, because my parents influence and I'd been like maybe going to some yes concerts and stuff like that. Um, after exploring some of their, at the time, more recent albums, like 9125 and big generator, um, they started touring, playing their old material again, like Close to the Edge and Fragile. And and when I saw that and started listening to those records, like that's when like things just really sparked for me. So Fragile, like the whole album, uh, but especially like Roundabout and what we're going to play, which is Heart of the Sunrise, those songs really did it for me on the drums. And I was like, holy shit, I want to learn what this stuff is. Uh, just started breaking it down uh by ear and i mean i should sum up by saying when i was you know between the ages of 10 and 15 i learned every single yes song from every single album on drums and guitar <laughs> everything and, and i would know them all note for note like every drum fill every ghost note that bill played on those records 
uh, and Alan White too mm. on the other records. Uh, I knew them all by heart, note for note. I, it's been a couple years, so if I was going to go to play along with the song right now, I'd probably forget a thing or two as I was playing. But as soon as I heard it, I'd be like, oh yeah, there's that ghost note that I forgot kind of thing. So I guess we should roll it. Uh, and if no, you want to talk about say, specifics. Before we do that, I want you to take the microphone, go in front of your drum set. You need to play this song note for note right now in front of I'll everyone. I'll just tap it out for, for you right now. <laughs> you know? All right. <laughs> So cool. All oh, these parts here, yeah. note for note, this was like the stuff that I started getting into. And all is filled throughout the whole song. It's a 10 minute song. Uh, that stuff oh, right there. Yeah, a little gaddy. Right there, that's right, left kick, left, right kick on hat and snare. That little thing. And it would trip me up a bunch listening to it and not really understanding how he did it until I just listened a, a thousand times. I think he does it a few times in the song. God, that bass tone is unreal too. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking about like, hey, maybe I should do like a, a cover of this song where I replay all the parts. Uh, guitar, bass, and keys. That would be fun. Just the intro. I don't need to do all 10 minutes. Since that's the first on your list, is this in chronological order? Like, is this, when you were growing up, was this like, I want my drums to sound like this? I would say this is chronological order, the, the list that I gave you. Uh, the Yes influence for me was since I was very little, and then, like, it really encompasses their entire discography. Mm-hmm. So there's there's stuff I didn't include on this list. Like, when Alan White took over on the drums, those records the same for me. Like, I love his groove and sound, and it's totally, totally different. Um, but I definitely got a, a ton from the Bill Bruford records and like the stickings he plays and the choices he made. Uh, that was something I was just obsessed with learning note for note. All right. Number two, the album is you had it coming release years, 2001. The artist is Jeff Beck. We were just talking about Jeff, um, mm-hmm. a few days ago, cause you went to see my show in DC. Thank you. It was good to see you. And the song choice is left hook. And the drummer is, it says not known. So I'm curious uh, what's going on there. I don't, I have no clue who the drummer is. Uh, on This was the first Jeff Beck record I ever heard. And as soon as I heard it, I was blown away, changed my life mm-hmm. uh, and fell in love with it. I wouldn't necessarily call this, well, I mean, I, I absolutely love every song on the record. My favorite song on the record is the track Nadia. Okay. Uh, it makes makes me cry when I hear it. But mm. I chose this song, Left Hook, specifically because, and this might be live drums because they sound very pushed live drums but there's also program stuff throughout the record but i chose this song because uh this one in particular i was in high school and i was just listening to this record and playing along with it somewhere when it suddenly clicked because i had just started to learn to read music and and i learned what a time signature was Mm. Uh, this song i was i was playing along with it when it just clicked i was like oh this is not a normal time signature and it was the first time i like realized that that was a thing um and i didn't even know it before so all the yes stuff got like I grew up on that. So I was very comfortable with 
time signature changes and odd time signatures and like a, like layered time signatures together at the same time. And I had no idea that that was something that was unusual. This was the song that I literally had a light bulb moment when I had learned in high school about time signatures. Like, oh, this is not 4-4 four, four. As, as I was playing with this. So and it's a damn cool groove too. Hell yeah. I don't know this song and I haven't listened to this list. I, I try and not listen to the songs beforehand. So this is the first time I'm hearing this. Yeah. So here is, here's Left Hook. Okay, and then if you're listening, you gotta you gotta say out loud what the time sensor is. Let me figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'm trying to figure out where the one is now. Oh, it's five. Yeah. Yep. With some drum and bass influence in some of those. Yeah, Some of that programming. The other thing about these grooves... On, on this record and this song to, like is a really good example of that it's not pigeonholed into like what genre those drums are I can't even identify anything off the top of my head that's like that ever it's amazing stuff man like I said so Jeff Beck is a huge influence on me as a musician just his guitar to be honest his guitar playing has influenced me more than the drums on those records right like his, his actual guitar playing influences the way I play drums that's another good reason to play the song but um yeah, I've been a, a fan of his and just he's such a big influence. I actually decided to to uh, record and film a bunch of playthroughs myself that are coming out uh, this year just to pay tribute to it because I love what he does so much. Did you ever get into programming? Do you enjoy that? I mean, because I, I would say that did sound kind of like a like a, a program drum or maybe someone playing in real time with triggers. I have no idea. For 2001, I'm trying to figure out what technology would have been able to do that. But, um, you know, I'm not sure if they could have done that a number of ways. It's, it's probably some like resampled, chopped up drums that are pushed and processed a bunch. But yes, I mean, I program and, uh, drums all the time because I'm a producer. That's what I that's what I spend most of my time doing is producing music. So I often say. And I have bandmates that are like, Mitch, you got to play drums on this song. And I'm like, I don't give a crap about playing drums on the song. It's not, that's not important to me. I want to make a good groove. And sometimes it's just like programming. I'm usually playing. I'm not usually like using, um, what do they, what do you call it? A uh, Drawing them in or? Yeah, I'm not drawing it in. I'm playing it on a MIDI, MIDI keyboard or some pads or something. But like, I'll do that all the time because that's the vibe I want. Or those are the, those are the sounds I want. And it's, that's a totally different thing, uh, which actually you'll see in example five when we play it. Nice foreshadowing. You're a good host. You gotta keep <laughs> I, listening, everyone. I forget sometimes with these interviews that I'm the one being interviewed, and I start taking over, and I'm like asking you questions. Well, I forget sometimes that I'm the host, and I shouldn't talk as much. So we're the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I love programming drums and play, and like making a a dope beat that has that I didn't even touch a drum set on. Hey, y'all, I wanted to, <laughs> I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, 
with 10 lugs, chrome over brass triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston actually, this is why it's called the ocean patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was gonna be or if it was gonna be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his, his, you know, where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum. And it was, it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful. And he actually let me use it on an Eve 6 tour. And I didn't keep it and I regretted it ever since then just because I was trying to pinch pennies at the time and I just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye all right Number three, uh, let's see. The album is In a Silent Way, release years 1967. The artist is Miles Davis. The song choice is Shh slash Peaceful, and the drummer is Tony Williams. So go ahead. And I'm going to turn off the AC right next to me because it's blaring. <laughs> okay, so In a Silent Way, this record is my favorite Miles record, by the way. Um, you know, I certainly started to discover a lot of his discography uh, when I was a teenager, getting deeper into jazz. And I listened to all sorts of different eras of Miles and different eras of, you know, all sorts of different drummers that played with him. And then even with Tony Williams, different eras of Tony Williams with Miles. The interesting thing is this is the record that I fell in love with the most. And it's the one that Tony plays on the least because all he's doing is he's like playing 16th notes on the hi-hat, chugging along behind the band, and he doesn't do a single thing other than that for 20 straight minutes on the song. I'm pretty sure he doesn't do anything else off the top of my head. So I picked I picked this one because it's not about the drums. It's about creating a feel underneath uh, in terms of drumming, and it's really just about the energy and vibe and atmosphere that everyone creates as a whole, not about anything fancy. Even if he doesn't deviate from what he's doing right here, doing this for 20 minutes is so hard because you just, mm -hmm. your arms would just, ugh. It's that and it somehow is very, it's beautifully played when you think about it. it it's uh, like the looseness of his hi-hats is just right. It sounds like whoever recorded it, it's not close mic'd. It sounds like the drums are just in the distance in the same room as the other people or something. Uh, 
So he's really playing like a beautiful role. It, it sounds very shaker-like. Yeah, totally. In, in terms of that kind of thing. And so, again, I chose this because it's not about the drums. It's actually about everything else. And it's about the atmosphere and about the magic that people were creating. And it, actually, this brings me back to Jeff Beck. Uh, Jeff Beck's guitar playing was more influential on my drumming than the drums on his records. And it's the same for Miles. Miles, Miles Davis's trumpet playing, hugely influential, influential on my drumming. Because how much feeling would he put into one note? Yeah. You know, so much. And it's about to start right here. I used to transcribe his trumpet playing as well. Play it on guitar or keys or something. I'd rather play a few notes on the drums slowly and have that be something special than mm-hmm. play all the chops in the world. I almost want to start singing along with it. So there you go. <laughs> all right, now I'm going to make you sing along the whole song. While I could probably hum along with all the, the Bill Bruford song. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so number four, we're just blazing through these, which, which I is good. What these are off good. the top of my head. Number four is uh, <laughs> Fuck the Pain Away by Peaches. No, I'm kidding. Is uh, Elastic, the release year is 2002. The artist is Joshua Redman. The song choice is Jazz Crimes. And the drummer is Mr. Brian Blade. Well, I'll tell you, probably, and this shows my age, I was, you know, a teenager uh, getting super into drums and music and studio recording and everything. Uh around the era of drummerworld.com and its heyday of oh, being yeah. like it's the most popular. It's still around, by the way. It's oh, of course. Around. Oh, yeah. Of course. But uh, but this was when it was like every afternoon I'd come home from school and go to drummerworld.com and watch drum videos and just nerd out over everything and be obsessed. Mm-hmm. And I've studied, I've probably, you know, anybody that was listed on the site at, in that decade, I've clicked on and watched all their videos. Like I was that obsessed. And uh, studied and loved a lot of drummers. But Brian Blade in particular, I would find these videos and just be absolutely floored. And there were a couple performances. Uh, There was Brian Blade with Wayne Shorter. There were some live performances of that. And then there was a, there's a live video of Brian Blade with Joshua Redman playing the song, playing a solo, the whole thing. And all these performances from Blade just absolutely floored me because Brian Blade to me is the epitome of that same emotional playing that, and I did not plan saying this when I wrote these examples out, but, but he is the version of the, he is the drummer version of Miles Davis and Jeff Beck in terms of how much emotion he can put into the drums. And I don't know anybody else that can do that. You know, he gives me goosebumps when I listen to him play every time I just like feel this spark and it makes me want to play. And I listed as an honorable mention, the other drummers, uh, my top two, I can never pick my favorite. It's either, it's always Brian Blade and Keith Carlock. Yeah. So Brian Blade, is just a magical player to me. All right, here we go. Feel is so perfect, his touch, his dynamics. Mm-hmm. 
and his touch on the drums when he articulates on the drums different ways. I've been influenced by a lot of different drummers in that way, and the ones that do it, the few that do it, are very special. Like you might have noticed, he played some shallow rim shots there, like just the slightly off center to like give it a different sound kind of thing, and is a huge part of my playing uh, from a lot of different influences. But you can just tell his touch on the instrument, whether it's like the way he plays the ride or the dynamics or everything is really special. I can totally see that in your playing. And I do think you do that very well and also in your own way. But I can definitely hear that in in what you do for sure. I, I mean, I, I almost use it to a fault. It's a, it, it's a combination. <laughs> Actually, the biggest influence on the way I play the snare drum is not even any drum set player. The biggest influence for me is actually Turkish and other Arabic music because that's been a huge influence on me growing up. My mom is actually a professional belly dancer and oh, cool. very, very well studied in uh, different traditional music f- from that region. So so I know a lot of uh, music and traditional rhythms and everything, learn them on the dumbek and different hand percussion instruments of that sort. And so actually there were years where I played m- dumbek only and no drum set and learning the touch on that with just your hands on just one drum playing all over from the very edge to the center and like everything you can do within that is incredible and that's actually the biggest reason why i kind of just like going crazy on my snare drum playing everything that makes so much sense dude 100 yeah. percent. so and then you hear it with drum set players like what we just played but it's actually a lot of turkish and middle eastern music and me playing those those instruments that, that got me there do you do you have a before we can move on because I always get yelled at when they're like they mention something cool and you just move on but is there anything you want to play that was a big uh, big deal to you growing up Laz I'm probably not pronouncing that right by okay. Omar Farouk Tekbalek I was even lucky enough to, to study with a few uh, Doombeck slash Darbuka teachers. There's a virtuoso player, I believe his name is Sado Salafoski, based in New York, uh, that I was lucky enough to like take a few lessons with as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. So the, those instruments and that playing was, was actually really big for me. All right. And uh, not to take any of the shine away from Brian Blade, one more time. He's awesome. I'm with you. But number five, the album is Shock Value. The release year is 2007. The artist is Timbaland. And the song choice is Give It To Me. And the drummer is probably Timbaland's mouth. (laughs) And they they kind of (laughs) pour things around it. Um, So, yeah, let's just uh, have that come to you. All that jazz. Well, I chose this one specifically just as a good example of what he does. And I'm not sure there's any of his beatboxing in there. This is programmed drums, okay. right? So so his productions and his beats and everything were something that, I mean, I would just spend hours practicing along with him 
on the drum set. Uh, they just feel absolutely amazing. And also it influences me as a producer and the way I produce artists and, and make beats and do all that kind of stuff. It's really about like the decision making of everything from sound choice and, you know, kick drum choice or snare drum choice, but also the feel of it all and also, and how it like grabs you. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about the way he programs a beat where it just makes you go like, Ooh, that like bass drum placement is catchy. Yeah. Right? No, totally. Hooky, for sure. So it's not about like, yeah, I mean, this has been every bit of, uh, as much of an influence on me as the live drummers or the uh, Doombeck players uh, like is actually this stuff. I used to spend like all my time practicing along with Timbaland Productions. I love it, dude. Here we go. I don't think I know this one either. So, so here we go, which I should mention is featuring Justin Timberlake as well. right there so good so i would spend a lot of time with all sorts of different hip-hop records learning the grooves learning all the stops and starts and um getting inside how they feel not just on the kit as a drummer but also as a producer and that is a big part of what i do now so taking note of that internalizing it and and getting a feel for it was which huge huge for me mm-hmm. uh, one last thing related to that would be a lot of hip-hop records as a drummer i would learn to drum the rap part what they were rapping mm. right and just kind of like uh and i used to do this with some nwa records for, for instance like i'd play along with the group but, but when it got to the rappers doing their thing i would go in and out of the groove and then imitating what they're rapping with how i played and so I kind of relate to a lot of my drumming as I try to speak and try to say something uh, as a language. And it feels like speech to me when I'm playing. So uh, that comes from playing along with singers and rappers and imitating that. And then also <laughs> Miles Davis and Jeff Beck more than drummers. I used to feel like I could speak better just playing drums than talking out loud. You know, getting into doing all this video work and teaching over the past couple of years has changed that. Now I'm more comfortable talking on camera and stuff like that. That that's a new thing. <laughs> really, I've been I, I can speak on the drums. I can say something. I'm like, oh, this is this is my first language. It doesn't even have to be a drummer. You know, it's it's just about like it's music, and I just happen to hit stuff to to make that happen. I do want to give you since you've mentioned that Brian Blade is a close second or if, you know, neck and neck with, with Mr. Keith. I can't, I can never pick who's number one. Yeah. So, but I do, you said one of your, one of your honorable mentions, this, this will technically be a big fat seven today, but let's play a little bit of this honorable mention, Keith Carlock, 2005 clinic solo. Do you have a certain spot you want to play it from? Anything works. Nice. That's the answer I wanted. (laughs) I'm just going to arbitrarily pick seven minutes in. Let's see. How about that?
nice. This is probably where he was just going crazy and now he's building it back up. Six eight. Little side of the floor, Tom action. Yeah, you can hear he does a lot of the shallow rim shots. He'll mute and do a shallow rim shot. He'll do the buzzes, all that articulate. Oh, you hear how the snare rang right there, that kind of thing. stuff Ooh. and not even his the way he do, he has a Keith has a very distinctive style of doing fast chops which is yeah. not actually something I I did not assimilate that part of his playing rather the way he phrases and plays melodies between his kick and snare mm -hmm. as soon as I heard this video it was the first time I heard Keith play and I was probably like 15 or, or 16 or so it just completely changed my life I was like from the first moments I saw saw it, the first couple seconds, I was like, "What? That is, that's how I want to play the drums." And that, in fact, it kind of goes another influence on what I was just saying before, which is the idea of speaking through the drums and how I was influenced to do that through imitating voices and guitar players and other musicians, uh, you know, Miles, etc. And then I heard Keith playing melodies the way he does between kick and snare. It's almost like if you beatbox a melody and just kind of make up rhythms and then you apply that to the drum set, it's kind of how I relate to it. Yeah. If you sing in your head and then you put that on onto the kit in this kind of groove setting, I still am obsessed with it. Also, the way he plays over the bar line and shifts the phrasing around. So he really has this way of like, it's it feels like he's telling a story and communicating and being very deliberate with the phrases he's improvising. Like he is saying distinct things uh, with his kick and snare phrasing and melodies. He's, he's making up improvising melodies and it has a lot of meaning because he's mean to say it and not just putting out licks that he's used to playing through muscle memory. Wow. And I, I think while it is probably just as, as good to just hear it, I will put the link to this video in the show notes. So click on it, watch him, knowing what surface is, because it's hard to tell what he's doing if you don't, if you can't see him. Um, it's very inspiring though. But yeah, kind of like what you were saying, like you, 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 what people should do with their influences is you took his phrasing um, between his right left and kick you didn't take the way he did it but you're like i want to just pinpoint that part of his playing and, and bring that into me but yeah um, it's not that i know his patterns or melodies it's just the idea of phrasing and making up melodies between kick and snare in a groove setting of some sort uh straightened out jazz almost comping is kind of another way to think about it mm -hmm. uh but of course like but going heavy <laughs> yeah with like kick and snare and hitting them hard uh, that's kind of what I took away from it. And then and then when I get into that mindset, it's it's about singing to myself and I make up a melody. I, I try to imitate that with low and high voices, which are usually kick and snare to start. I love that's pretty it. much it. Well, that is your top seven. Um, <laughs> and I do want to, if you would like, do you want to discuss the blueprint technique 
all oh, that jazz because you are sure. a teacher. You're an online instructor, a really great one at that. And so oh, this you, is man. this is your platform to get people to learn more about that. Well, I'm not one to plug anything, but I I'm making uh, you. I'm ma- you're making me. So yeah. I will tell everyone that I actually just launched not just my premier technique course called the Technique Blueprint, but I also just launched a free mini course called Technique Fundamentals. And I'll make sure that's in the show notes. So you can actually, uh, Ben, you've taken my lessons in the past. Yep. So this is a version of what you've learned from me, which is the fundamentals of how can you sit down and truly relearn your grip, the way you hold the sticks, and learn how to incorporate that into how you play everything and truly relax your playing and learn to play in a natural way. So it's really good for if you've been playing for a long time and you feel tension, it's a really good way to relearn and reset that so you're more relaxed. Or if you're playing, if you're just learning the drums, which I love teaching beginners because I I, I love that spark that new students have. And I love teaching them things that are going to help them excel from the very Mm get-go. So um, if you're just starting on the drums, this is also a great way to start learning how to make sure you have a relaxed technique throughout all your journey as as a musician so um and it's totally free so i'll make sure that link is uh in the show notes technique fundamentals great well i will say firsthand that uh it has been an immense an immense i guess we say tool for me uh all your videos because i had q robinson on the show last week and he was talking about how it's it's a lot harder to break old habits than it is to learn new stuff. And I have a lot of bad habits and old habits because I'm a 35 year old drummer who's been doing it since I can remember. So your videos definitely were really approachable. The way you discuss your information is very, I guess, just easy to to digest. You're a great instructor and it did help me break a lot of those habits. So everyone, please go check it out. Um, firsthand, I am a, I'm a student and uh, you're great, so. Man, I'm so glad, I just, love helping and i love seeing when it helps people so that means a lot to hear hear that from you and by the way you sounded great uh the other night (laughs) oh thank you all right well that uh is is the show so i'll let you go um i will say goodbye to you separately but I'll, i'll cut this part out but i'll just say hey have a great day you say thanks for being the best podcast host ever and then we'll end there Um, I'll do that. And then, (laughs) all right, well, that's it. Have a good day. And it was good to see you, man. Ben, you're the best podcast host ever. Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon. (laughs) I love it. And that's the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye!